Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast, where this week, as normal, I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, and Catherine Doggerall, who pens the publication's weekly perspectives, all drawn together by me, Chris Bound, the web editor at Hotel Analyst. Our weekly discussion of topics of interest from across the hotel investment landscape continues unabated every week. We've not been prorogued, and thus far there's been no legal challenge to our continued production. And I'm pleased to declare we've set our own immovable deadline date of October the 2nd, when we'll be holding the hotel distribution event in London. It'll be happening, folks, whoever tries to call an election. But enough about a bunch of clowns in London, let's get on to some more serious matters. And we're starting with a look at two sets of statistics that are seemingly at odds. While the trading performance of European hotels has slid for the last half year, it seems investors are ignoring this small fact and still racing around doing deals. Catherine's got a little more detail about this one, uh, starting, I think, with some numbers from CBRE. Indeed. So CBRE reported that hotel investment reached $24.3 billion for the year to the second quarter, um, investment up 5.3%, led by the UK, where despite our fluffy-haired leader, uh, people are still completely buying stuff, although less than they were, although still more than everyone else, uh, as is the way of the UK, so yaha. Um, so that's all worked out very nicely. But on the other hand, um, the performance, profits, not what they could be. Some figures from hot stats saying, you know, it costs an awful lot of money to keep these hotels open. You can't just wander in off the street and make your own bed um, because that version of Easy Hotel is no longer working um, for them. So uh, you still have to have staff and you still have to pay them and you still have to feed people and heat them when it gets cold and all these other awful things that still have to happen, whatever Boris Johnson says. So, um, so yeah, so we're at that kind of curious phase where there's still loads and loads of money coming in and you kind of wonder why people would bother. Um, is it really so bad in the office market? Apparently it is. I think that's the point, Catherine. It's, it's the relative um, positioning of hotels compared to not just other property asset classes but i think it's wider than that as well i think you've got to look at the context of the whole macroeconomic picture um goldman sachs's asset management division um put out a note called a low yield world and they pointed out in this that there were no less than four central banks which had negative interest rates or had policy rates which were negative so it's japan sweden euro area and switzerland um, only the us and canada had rates which were significant significantly above their all-time lows so you've got these record low interest rates you've got um, central banks still sitting on the huge pile of bonds there's a shortage of bonds um, available in the market uh, which means they're very expensive um, and their yields are rock bottom um, so in that context if you're an insurance company if you're a pension company you've got to find something which is going to provide you with an income stream and decent operating um, operational real estate such as hotels is perfect for that task and this is why the appetite for hotels has continued despite um, valuation um, which should really be declining um, when you when you see you know, we've you know i've learned since i was in short trousers that when you value hotels you do so on a basis of a discounted cash flow you 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 look at actually what what income is being produced on it and then you work off that but the fact of the matter is all of that has has 
gone so the the cap rate the yield whatever you want to call it is just constantly compressing because of the relative um, it's still quite a decent return relative to what you're going to get if you're putting it in the bond market and that's why we're still seeing this huge appetite for um, hotels which i think um just to clarify i think it was just the three months that 24 billion or so that um cbre was talking about wasn't it for um, um investment in the hotel sector so it's just that quarter. So I, I, I think it's buoyant and is likely to remain buoyant. Goldman Sachs reckon that actually, if anything, interest rates are going to get even lower. And given that we're about, we're, we are seeing a turn in the cycle. Um, Germany's in recession at the moment. France is there or thereabouts. Italy doesn't seem to be, have been doing anything other than being in recession. Things are looking quite grim in the UK and. I'm not going to mention the B word, but um, if that all comes to pass, it could get Boris stiff. or Brexit. Well, either, either, either <laughs> of the B words. Um, 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 you know, or things Berko, could get as of today. So. <laughs> <laughs> eagle-eared viewers. Yes, um, <laughs> eagle-eared viewers. Now that's, a, that's an interesting <laughs> one. I'm liking it. Um, uh, I, th I think the situation is is that uh, it, we we it's going to be tough for the next few years um, economically in terms of overall economic growth, but hotels um, and other operational real estate is going to remain pretty buoyant despite all of this. We, we, it seems to me highly unlikely we're going to see a massive crash and turn um, in in this sort of property investment. Um, yes, no, I mean, to, to, for another B word, the brokers um, who we've been talking to recently are informing us that um, because of the antics of Team Cummings, um, there's any amount of walls of money and dry powder and all these kinds of things stacking up on the borders waiting for the pound to dive even further so they can swoop in. Indeed, the younger brother of our fluffy head leader is working with a hotel operator on a fund right now. To, uh, to invest more in cheap stuff in the UK. So we can look forward to those transactions only going up, although the value of them may be coming down. <laughs> and one of the recipients of those um, uh, rather generous pension funds who want to put their money somewhere has been uh, Delata, the Irish hotel group, um, who uh, recently updated with their first half figures. Uh, Catherine, you have been poring over them and perhaps can give us a little bit more detail. Indeed, um, they're still rollicking along. Um, huge pipeline. They're telling us that they can take on um, <clears throat> 1,200, 1,300 rooms per annum under leases. Hugely valuable pipeline. Um, and intriguingly, not one that's backed by kind of brand names that you would necessarily recognise um, outside Ireland by their own admission. So all very intriguing. Um, of course, their results came with um, news that their um, assets were now valued at more than 1.3 billion euros, which is the kind of thing that all those people with their piles of dry wall powder or money, whatever's, are very interested to hear about. But they are absolutely positively not up for sale, they said, because the way that they attract people like Decker and M&G is by having this delightful balance sheet backed up by assets. So not for sale at the moment, they said. Mm -hmm. that, well, that gives their, their leases a proper covenant. Um, because there's, is, is the company itself is asset-backed, so that gives some reassurance there, I think, for them. But I, th I think Delata's interesting. I've already gone back to my days in short trousers once on this podcast. Well, I'm, I'm very concerned about your days in short trousers, if we're going to there. <laughs> we're going to be having a knobbly knee competition before long. 
Because, back, because back, you know, I like to think that I had I had a reasonable <laughs> classical education, but not one that involved valuing hotels, which makes me think that you are, in fact, still wearing the short trousers. Did you not do Latin, ancient, Greek, and valuation of hotels? <laughs> I didn't. We missed we missed the last ah, one. Okay. But, um, no, there you go. Well, you see, I didn't do the first of my comprehensive either. Thing. So, um, <laughs> popping back to the the topic in hand to Delata, um, so. Back in the early 90s, there was a property crash in the UK um, and there were a bunch of hotel groups that were forged out of the ashes of the various crashes that were happening, the various hotels which were put into receivership and so forth. Now, most of those companies, such as Menzies, I'm thinking about... um, I'm thinking of like Paramount. There's a there's a there's a whole group of them, um, which but they didn't really go anywhere. They just sort of McDonald is another one. Um, they just sort of hung on for a while and and you know um, have now de- in most cases now departed our shores. Although you know McDonald is indeed just restructuring. Um, we talked about a, a few weeks ago, um, but in in Delata's case, they were forged out of the crash in the Irish Republic um, and that was a very severe crash and perhaps because it was so severe that they've actually got hold of some very nice plum assets and they've used those as the basis to actually turn it into a very viable company um, and they've grown quite significantly outside of the Irish Republic now so I think they're forecasting that by 2022 they're going to have just under 40% of their rooms in the UK rather than the Republic up from where they are at the moment which is 28% so they're making this big growth and it's through leases so their lease portfolio is going to be just under 40% by 2022 compared to 27% today so we're seeing this big push into leases and I think you've already referenced the likes of of um, Decker, Catherine and M&G and they like um, being able to invest via the lease structure despite the shortcomings which any of the big global major hotel brand companies all readily talk to you about um, that is still very attractive to two companies um, I mean Decker has no choice but to put its money into into lease structures due to the undertakings it gives when it raises that money um, similarly M&G is fairly constrained or no, not quite so strictly um, and uh, but, but this, the simple fact is that there is a dearth of opportunities for these companies to put their their money somewhere and Delata is offering them something and I think that's been one of its keys to, to successful growth and I think it's looking like it's going to carry on doing that and uh, finally, we're going to talk about uh, a big merger deal which happened last uh, last week involving two of the major companies in uh, hotel management. They're uh, largely American companies, but actually one of them has got a, quite a reasonable-sized business already going in Europe, um, and that could well have an impact uh, across quite a number of countries as the two get together. Catherine, do you want to tell us how Ainbridge and Interstate are going to mix it up? Well, it's as it sounds, they're <coughs> going to come together to create a huge group uh, with more than 1,400 branded hotels across 20 countries as uh, Kohlberg and company cash out at Interstate. So fun times for them. There were no um, actual official number, but it was around $1 billion we've been hearing, um, which is a fair amount of money for a management company. <coughs> 
But um, as we comment uh, frequently on uh, Hotel Analyst, uh, third-party managers are the way ahead. And, uh, and onwards and upwards they go. Um, Interstate has been making lots of moves into Europe in, um, in the last few years, um, most notably in the Netherlands and recently in the UK. So um, onwards and upwards for them, I think. And um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. When I was talking to Delata, um, they of course come from a management background and they said they don't do it particularly anymore. Um, and one of the reasons for that, in fact, at all anymore, one of the reasons for that, um, to the best of my knowledge, is that um, there's not much money in it. Management contracts are getting smaller all the time. Um, as we know, the swing of, of power goes back towards the owners. And um, so really, you know, it's better to own loads of assets and hang out with people like Decker and M&G. But so we'll be intrigued to see how things go for the third parties and whether we'll be seeing more and more consolidation. It seems likely that we will. Um, what that will mean for the owners in terms of the swings and roundabouts of outrageous power. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, the combined entity is just shy of the size of Hyatt. So Hyatt is just over the 200,000 room mark. This is about 180,000 rooms. So it puts Ooh. the combined entity um, in terms of global hotel operators or companies whatever um um in in inside the top 20 just outside the top 10 it's about some number 15 or so um depending on what you're including um as a hotel company so it's a it's now a pretty sizable group and by some margin the biggest third party operating specialist which i i, I think is a good thing and gives it some heft in the market um and i think will further um, the understanding of what third-party players are all about in terms of sitting between the owner and the brand companies. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in Europe now. Um, they're talking, they talked a good game, I noticed, Catherine, when you spoke to them, in terms of what they're going to be doing in continental Europe. They've had a pretty torrid time in the UK, I think. They've lost quite a few of their properties in the UK. So, um, But, you know, th these things happen because the nature of third-party management is that they take very short-term contracts and they sell themselves as being very flexible, very owner-friendly, and owners dive in, hire them for a few years and then dive out again. And I think scale will help smooth those bumps out so that when you see a you know, a few hotels depart, that's, that's going to be less of a shock than, say, if we were to look at Interstate UK just as an entity, um, it, it would be looking a bit thin right now compared to where it was, say, a year or so ago. Um, so a bigger group is, is, is going to be a good thing in that sense. There is one slight question mark you occasionally hear from owners that they say, look, big does not necessarily mean better. We like third-party managers that responsive blah de blah de blah but i think as long as interstate keep that the combined interstate ambridge entity keeps up that sort of good relationship with owners keeps good contact there i think they should be set fair and i think from a point of view of what they are as an investable opportunity that scale has to be there um, to make it worthwhile and i think some of the comments we heard from delata in terms of it's very tough to make any money if you're just an exclusive manager it's very appropriate if you're just of a comparatively small scale um, which is what Delata would be if you um, take away their owned assets and their leased assets and just leave them as a as a third-party player their their actual income level would be quite small um, 
but this entity now is is quite interesting and I, I, I suspect we could well see an IPO down the track once the market returns to a, a bit more health um, and um, you know interstate have been listed in the past and I think they could well go back down that route in a few years time. Right well thank you very much for that and with that that's about the uh, end of our podcast this week just to say if you do want to join us at the hotel distribution event on the 2nd of october in london you'll get a uh, full update of what's going on in the online marketing and distribution space from some senior leaders in those businesses that are directly involved in in that part of the hotel landscape so we actually got a session on third party managers and how they distribute so on the money as ever Absolutely. So if you'd like to know more and book your delegate place, pop along to hoteldistributionevent.com. But otherwise, for now, we say goodbye.